Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we are pleased to welcome members of the Oncology Expanse Implementation Team at Ozarks Healthcare located in West Plains, Missouri. Ozarks celebrated New Year's Day 2020 with a big bang implementation of Expanse across their ambulatory, acute, ED, and home care settings. The goal of the project was to move from several disparate EHR systems into a unified system across care areas. Moving oncology services onto the Expanse platform was slated for a post-Big Bang implementation and was an important step in moving towards a unified system. I'm excited for the team to share details regarding their implementation, go-live processes, and continued support of the project Ozarks. Members of the IT applications team from Ozarks that will be joining us today are Amy Lipford, who is an RN and was the oncology team project lead. Andrew Schwartz was an RN in the oncology department when the project started and has since joined the IT applications team supporting oncology and other clinical areas from the IT side. Elise Anderson is an LPN who was the ambulatory and clinic workflow analyst on the project. And last but not least, Brenda Cotter is joining us today to share her role as the registration, scheduling, and front office analyst on this important and complex project. Ozarks team, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the oncology services there at Ozarks. I know it's pretty unique for a small town in southern Missouri to have such a robust oncology program. So tell us a little bit about the history and kind of the importance to the community there. I think the oncology department really got started with Dr. Morgan back in the 80s and has grown. They are they are a full-service oncology. They have their clinic, their treatment room, and then radiation services all in one area. I really can't tell you how many patients they service a month, but it is, it's a large number. Probably um, 50 a day. Yeah, probably 50 a day between clinic visits, treatment room, and radiation visits. Wow. And how many providers are there? Currently, there are two providers, part-time nurse practitioner. They have just brought on a second nurse practitioner, and I believe are hoping for a third nurse practitioner by the end of the year. And then there's one oncology, radiation oncologist as well? Correct, with three radiation techs. Okay. So I understand that you guys were you know, using a third-party system that was somewhat integrated with Meditech through interfaces and that sort of thing, but obviously was not on the same system. So sounds like the driving factor to move towards Expanse was just getting everybody on the same system. Kind of tell us about how that approach happened and what made you uh, move towards Expanse. They had been looking at moving oncology into Meditech back when we were in client server, and it just wasn't quite what they hoped it would be. And with Expanse, they had really stepped up their oncology product in the last couple of years. And so after we went live, Big Bang, they decided that that was probably the time to get us moving all onto the same platform so that all of our clinic visits, all of that is in one record. That sounds good. It sounds, you know, obviously having everything in one record and the providers in one system has its benefits. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's jump right into the build discussion. So obviously oncology is a large project, you know, not like a small add-on or an upgrade or anything. So talk to us about what took up most of the team's time when it comes to build and configuration. I think treatment plan was probably 
the biggest and most time consuming. They delivered standard content and we used that as a jumping off point. But I think every oncology department, the providers have their own preferred pre-meds. They have their own preferred way of doing things. And so there was tons of customization and just the time that it took to build them. We were super fortunate to have Susie, a nurse practitioner, involved in that build process. So she was looking at treatment plans with us daily. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you build it, you have Susie look at it. Susie says, yes, it looks good. And then you needed to test out all of those, which in oncology, it's not like it is an inpatient where you throw an order on, did it cross, did it do what you wanted it to? You're having to track treatment plans across weeks and sometimes months. Mm -hmm. And then when you discover something isn't right in the treatment plan, you have to go back, make what you think should be the correction and test it again. So we were building and testing treatment plans from day one, probably through preload. Like that was huge. Probably the next part was probably scheduling and registration. That was also a huge piece that I'm going to let Brenda talk about. But I just want to say that if you don't get the schedule and reg part right, none of the rest of the stuff downstream will work the way it's designed to or the way you want it to. So I'm going to let Brenda talk just a little bit about that. So we ended up after months of discussion opting to create an oncology RCR account so that we kept all of that oncology treatment plan and everything kind of encompassed into one account instead of just a generic RCR account that allowed us to add some additional customization for billing that we weren't going to have if we stuck with the normal RCR account. So we did set our accounts up. They discharge every 30 days at the end of the month. And as long as the patient has a future appointment scheduled at the end of the month through that RCR discharge process, the system will go in, it will look for that future appointment, and it will automatically move the treatment plan and all of the history from the previous month's account to the new month's account. And as long as that end of month process works and there's no downfalls, we have had no issues with that continuation of care. Where we do run into some issues is our high dollar medications. They want those discharged weekly and they don't always look to see if the future appointments have been scheduled or not. And everything hinges on that appointment being scheduled out and being scheduled on the existing RCR account. So when they go through that discharge process manually, they get pop-up screens that try to help guide them through the process. And it will say, you know, do you have any future appointments scheduled? It'll kind of prompt them to go look for the account that they need to link everything to. And we've ran into issues where People are just not paying attention to those pop-ups. And so they're answering the questions incorrectly. And then it discharges the account and no new account is created. Therefore, the treatment plan gets discontinued. And then there's a whole new workflow that is very complicated to try to get that treatment plan and a new account created and get everything to flow. 
Yeah, RCR counts are always a challenge. With those, are you guys doing intermittent billing? Or are you billing at the end of the month or how are you doing the billing side? So most of the time we try to just do billing at the end of the month, but on those high dollar ones, because they want to monitor the value and keep the costs below a certain dollar amount, those are done as intermittent billing. Okay. And then there's one other complication that we are having where scheduling when they're creating those future appointments are not linking to the existing Onc RCR account. They'll just schedule a new appointment and create a new Onc RCR account. So then the treatment plan doesn't move. And when the patient comes in for their future appointment, now they've got two Onc RCR accounts. The treatment plan lives on one, the appointments live on another. And it's a bit of a struggle to try to get all of that consolidated back on the same account so that they can continue the treatment plan. Okay. Sounds pretty complex and uh, detail-oriented to get all that correctly flowing. But it sounds like when they do it correctly and everything works like it should, it sounds like a pretty slick process. It is. Yes. The system setup, that is really solid. It tends to be end-user error that breaks it. I don't think the system has broken down once when the steps are followed correctly. Interesting. So do you know, Ballpark, Amy, on the clinical side or Andrew, the uh, the number of care plans that you guys end up building? There's well over a hundred treatment plans. And part of that is we tried to stay focused to NCCN guidelines, but we do have patients that go to St. Louis, for example, get put on new or I'll say experimental treatments, but different treatment regimens that are not necessarily NCCN guidelines. And then they come here to actually have them administered. So they come to us for the treatment room, but they're actually following a provider out of St. Louis. So we do tend to have several that we're building on the fly. The way I understand it, there's kind of still two sides to the oncology module. There's kind of a acute side and an ambulatory side and the staff and maybe the providers even kind of have to bridge between those two. Can you talk about that workflow and what that looks like? I'll let Elise start with the ambulatory the clinic side, and then we'll talk about the treatment side. So providers do all of their documentation for clinic visits within ambulatory. So you do have clinic nurses and then, of course, the providers that are ordering items, labs, RAD, out of ambulatory, doing their clinic notes out of ambulatory. But then there is the oncology bridge that if the patient has an oncology reoccurring account right in the reference region, they can click that oncology button and it launches them straight into the acute side and will allow them to place treatment plans, edit treatment plans, order those treatment plans so that then they can be completed within the treatment room area. Does that bridge link work from the acute side too? Like if the provider was there, can they launch into ambulatory or is it only that one way? I don't think it works the other way. Interesting. Okay. So then the care, the actual kind of in-suite oncology portion happens on the acute side? Is that right, Amy? That's in our treatment room. That was probably the easiest part of Go Live was the treatment room. Of course, those nurses had already been used to documenting on the MAR in expanse. We also do our rheumatology infusions 
in our oncology suite, and he was already familiar with the work list and the MAR. So if anybody has been exposed to PCS or any of that, it's a really smooth transition. And again, as long as the accounts and the scheduling is done correctly, the treatment room is pretty smooth sailing. Are you all using bedside medication verification for the treatment rooms? or? Yep, they're scanning at bedside. Awesome. So Andrew, talk to me a little bit about, I know you were actually a nurse working in the oncology unit when all this kind of started, and now you're working in IT, so you must have really enjoyed the uh, implementation and the team you're working with. So kind of talk to us about what that looked like from an oncology nurse standpoint and what you think of the new system. Yeah, it's a great team here at the IT department and also in oncology. I was first in the oncology suite, got brought in to help assist the IT team with implementation. And coming from the oncology background, I was able to see, you know, the way the treatment plans were built, um, how the documentation was going to be different and the similarities of it. Awesome. I, I think, I'm sure I don't want to speak for the team, but I'm sure having a, you know, an oncology nurse and an oncology specialty mid-level provider on the team was a very valuable resource on both sides. I don't think there are enough words to describe how much that improved the process. I mean, we had just come off the expanse, the 2020, where we did not have, on the PCS side, inpatient nursing, we didn't have that. We didn't have those resources when we were trying to build and it was just night and day difference. Like the, Mm -hmm. it was less rework because you had somebody sitting there looking at you while you're building it going, that's not going to work well. We should do it that way. (laughs) Um, So the rework on the build during the process was pretty minimal because of that. Your advice would be to get a provider champion and then get an oncology nurse to help and then steal them over to the IT department after the project. Absolutely. That's the way be done all the time. (laughs) We also had a clinic nurse that, you know, clearly we did not steal her as well, but um, (laughs) she really got in there. And I would definitely advocate for that too, having a strong clinic nurse looking at and testing. And then of course it goes without saying having a pharmacist on board who we contracted an outside consultant to help with the treatment plan build. He had a pharmacy background. And that was, I don't know that you can put a value on what that brought to the team. So we were very fortunate in our build to have the resources that we did. Yeah, I understand that's a very complex and uh, large build that that portion, at least the pharmacy portion doesn't have a lot of standard content. Is that correct? There was a lot of build. Um, The drug product map, plugging it into the treatment plan. Yeah, that was a lot of build from scratch. So let's talk a little bit about kind of lessons learned or now that you guys are live and functioning, you know, things you might have done different or tips and tricks that you can give the listeners that might set them off on the right track if they're heading down this road. There are some issues with charge forwarding. We utilize the professional and technical charge forwarding. And because of it being an RCR account, I can't remember which direction it is, but it can't link back to the RCR account for the dates of service because the actual date of service is first day of the month through the end of the month. And the professional charges, I believe, are trying to look for a specific date of service. And we do the revisits, so you do have every date of service listed, but the system can't for some reason, link back. So we're doing a lot of manual creation 
of extra accounts in order to allow that pro fee to come back like it should and link to the correct account. So there's some difficulties there that, and even Meditech and some of the other people that we've spoken with have identified they've not found a fix for it either. One thing that is kind of unique, I think, to us is, you know, we did the ambulatory and acute. It's linked. We have the reoccurring accounts and we chose to use the draft functionality of the treatment plans. And that has kind of created a little perfect storm in some situations with orders and things. The providers really like the draft functionality. So you basically put a treatment plan on and you say, this is my plan. And you order out the first cycle, but everything else remains in draft. So it's really easy to tweak. It's really easy to pick up and move. And honestly, our providers just, I think, would have put their foot down and said, we're not ordering out 12 cycles you know, which could be a year's worth of treatment on patients. They were only comfortable ordering out one cycle at a time. And we did have a lot of crashes and a lot of issues that related back to the fact that we were using all three. I don't think we've had any of those crashes recently. I think most of that has, we're knocking on wood, most of that has been resolved. But that was something that we just kind of flat out heard out of Meditech's mouth is, We really haven't seen anybody using all three of these the way that you're doing it. So I think maybe they had to look at some coding and some programming things. And so we probably gave them that information that they needed to tweak it and to fix it. The other thing that I will say has gone really well is when we have an inpatient. So we've got a patient that's on treatment in our treatment room, and then they get admitted as an inpatient or somebody is really sick, newly diagnosed, and they want to go ahead and start the treatment while they're inpatient, you can transition the treatment plan to inpatient and then transition it back to the reoccurring account. And we've had two or three of those, and they have worked flawlessly. They have worked very well. I think Andrew and I both were holding our breath at how well that would actually work, and it really worked very well. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Oncology is almost like its own standalone hospital, really, because they have pharmacy services and acute and clinic visits and inpatient care and care plans, and which is almost like an OR type situation. And, you know, obviously billing and coding and re- their own type of registration. So that's great advice to get everyone involved up front and make sure that all the stakeholders are at the table and that you have the proper resources before heading into a project like this. It will not go well if you don't have the IT resources for sure. But yes, pulling in billing and coding earlier was something I should have definitely done earlier than we did. We got them in in time, I think, but it could have been better. And I think too, just making sure that you are looking at all of the options. So because of the fact that they schedule in both acute and ambulatory, Meditech kind of said, well, we don't really have guidance for you. There's all kinds of options out there. And Meditech supported us being able to create a schedule that it's a one view and they can do the CTC and the ambulatory all on one screen but they hadn't ever had a client do that before. So it was a little tricky to get that to work. But now, you know, down the road, we're glad we did it. 
but make sure you're using your Meditech resources too and kind of throwing ideas at them because Meditech supports a lot of functionality. It's just what you can do with your team and your processes versus what they offer. Yeah. And just like with any kind of newer project or product rather that Meditech puts out, you know, they may not have best practices for every scenario or may have not seen every possible option that an organization can use. So, and that's the benefit of using Meditech is they are willing to work with you and the software is so customizable and you can make it work for nearly any situation when you have a good team like you all have. So if a patient was kind of mid-treatment cycle or mid-regimen, how did you guys, did you leave them on the third-party system until that was completed or did you switch kind of midstream or how did you handle that transition? Because we had the resources that we did, had it just been Elise and I sitting there staring at it, we couldn't have done it. But because we had Andrew who had been working with these patients and the treatment plans and we had Susie we were able to preload treatment plans to the day and the cycle that they would start in the new system. And Susie did a preload note where she pulled tons of data from Varian into a preload note so that they wouldn't have to jump back and forth between the systems. We started that four weeks prior to go live and we worked probably over 40 hours a week for four weeks to get those patients preloaded. We definitely didn't get all of them, but we probably got 70 or 80% of them preloaded. But again, that would not have been something we could have done without Andrew and Susie and then the clinic nurse that did come down just to offer that guidance. If you're not familiar with oncology treatment plans, it's a whole new world. It's nothing like building an acute or Elise was very comfortable to build an ambulatory. But when you're looking at treatment plans and trying to decide where they are in the cycle and what drugs they should be giving. And I think there were very few issues with the preloaded things because of that. I think that went really, really well. Keep in mind, you're going to do preload. You have to have registration and scheduling involved because you can't start the treatment plan until that initial OncRCR account gets created. Mm-hmm. So we were preloading. We also had registration and scheduling staff from oncology in the second training room, registering the patients, getting those pre-OncRCR accounts going. And then once they did that, we were able to preload the treatment plans and then the clinic notes. Great. I'm sure that was a big win too for the oncology staff and providers so that they could you know, not have to kind of float between the third party and the new system. They could just work out of expanse because you guys did all that pre-work for them. So, and for the patient's safety and all those things too. So that's great. We would preload. And then our second check was Susie and the oncology pharmacist double checking the treatment plans between the two systems. There were several checks along the way. Yeah. And that's one thing we should probably mention is, uh, you know, I know Ozarks has a oncology pharmacist that's actually located in the oncology suite that's really kind of dedicated to all the services, I guess infusions as well over there, but you know, mainly oncology, which is a great benefit to have right there at the elbow of the providers. Yes. Yes. She is a very valuable resource over there for them as well as for us during the build. So some of the other takeaways more toward the back end, testing not only the treatment plans and did the bill make it to bar but to go ahead and test all the way through 
coding, making sure the coding work lists are set up correctly. We struggled with that. Accounts weren't hitting the correct coding work list. Once they did get there, there was still some setup that we missed that probably had we really pushed to run these all the way through, we could have caught prior to. So I would strongly encourage anybody not just to make sure it's hitting bar with the billing, because that was everybody's big focus is making sure it got to bar. It really needs to go all the way through the coding process or your bill still isn't going to go out appropriately. The other thing that I would suggest thinking about ahead of time is what your process for approving treatment plans will be once you're live. We get asked for new treatment plans probably weekly. Ashley does the build on those for the most part because she's right there with the provider. But if she's unavailable and it comes back to somebody outside of the oncology team to be asked to build those treatment plans, there does need to be several checks and balances in place. And none of that was really thought through. So the first time Ashley was gone, Dr. Morgan calls and would like a treatment plan built in about three hours. And that definitely caused some panic down here just because we're not familiar with the oncology drugs or dosing or pre-meds or associated labs. So working through and thinking about how you're going to maintain things, it's super easy to build and tweak when you're not live yet because it's not attached to any patient. But thinking through that process, I would strongly encourage people to do both of those things ahead of time. Good. That's good advice. Give us a timeline a little bit. Like, you know, when did the project start and how long did you guys build and when was your go live? PJ, that is a great question. (laughs) I think initially we had like a 10-month implementation plan. And then the director of oncology left. So that guidance and that push, like we continued to build treatment plans and we continued to do that kind of stuff. But anything that was related to workflows or processes or the major decisions that needed to be made, there was kind of a gap there. So it got pushed and then it fell into holiday season that got pushed. And then we took a big priority pack that was going to significantly change the clinic's documentation. And they didn't want the oncology providers to get used to one set of clinical documents in the clinic and then have that upgrade happen. And it all changed within like three weeks. So I think overall, probably 15 months was about our build. And Honestly, I'm not sure how people do it in 10. I think 10 to 12 months was Meditech's recommendation on what we should be able to do. I'm just not sure because we utilized all of that time testing, building. I mean, preload itself took a month. Right. Well, it's up and live. So that's good. You guys made it through. So let's talk about the kind of post go live results or monitoring, you know, what impact has it had on your organization? You know, I assume charge capture was probably better since it's in the same system and, you know, the notes are visible across the care continuum. And talk to us a little bit about some things like that. Again, making sure that that coding work list we had, gosh, it was a very large amount of unbilled moving in through mid-June when we picked up on the fact that, you know, things weren't going to the appropriate work list to get build and screens and coding weren't available for them to finalize the chart the way they should have. 
So that was big and worrisome. But once we got through that, yes, I think charge capture has gone very smoothly. The nurses are either, you know, scanning at bedside and we're doing admin billing or they're capturing charges through their documentation. And Meditech is really solid with those charges. I have yet to see anything that was built correctly, not either drop from admin billing or not drop from, you know, the PCS documentation. I think the series appointments that we created has been really helpful. So with lab and treatment and infusion and treatment rooms and all of the different options that they can have within the CTC area, we created specific appointments. They just book one appointment, but it reserves the time slot for all the multiple resources that they need. And they can book that out for six weeks in advance, all on that very first treatment appointment. There's a lot of functionality there that we have not mastered, but it works really significantly smooth and saves a ton of time on the scheduling side. So that is definitely an area to be looking at if somebody's implementing new. From a project lead standpoint, I would not advise anybody trying to tackle this without some very knowledgeable analysts. I could not have done the things that Brenda has done in reg and scheduling. I could not have done the things that Elise has done in ambulatory if it was just me trying to do all this. You definitely need several analysts involved from a team that know their modules very well. Ashley from pharmacy, the consultant we had, because the depths that Brenda went in trying new things and testing things and building things that we don't use anywhere else, it's just for oncology, I wouldn't have even known where to start. I would not advise tackling an oncology implementation without a very strong group from your IT team, as well as pulling in, you know, the providers, if you can get them and the oncology nurses. Roping in billing as quickly as possible, we probably delayed a little too long. So there was some scrambling at the end to try to work through some concerns on the billing side that could have been avoided. I think the last thing I would mention is, and I think anybody that's built and done any implementation knows, don't just test it the way that it was designed to work, because that is not how your end users will use it. They will use it in ways that you didn't know were possible. And so we did have some of those instances where, you know, they're like, oh, well, I did this. Well, that wasn't how you were trained to do it. That wasn't anything that we tested. So yes, that is why it's broken. But if you can head those off and Try to think through the ways that they might use it to avoid problems in the future. I think that just goes without saying around here at this point. But Yeah, absolutely. I always say IT knows which buttons to push, and you don't see some of the errors that you might see. A good example, I remember back in the client-server days, you know, you press the F9 key, and a user was saying that they couldn't get it to work. And when you went up there and watched them do it, they were pressing the F key and then the 9 key, not the F9 function key. You know, that's something that you wouldn't even think would go through someone's brain, but that's what was going on. So getting those end users in the system, letting them try it out and try to break it themselves has always been official prior to go live. Yes. Watching them try to break it, seeing what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Well, I want to thank you guys so much for your time and all your efforts you put towards this project. It sounds like it's a tough project and very detailed and very complex, but it sounds like you have a wonderful team that has pulled it off and made it better for the patients and the providers. And it's one more step to a completely unified system there at Ozarks. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you, Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org to join the podcast forum and for information about Muse.